power of visitation. Hear the Spirit call. Welcome to another podcast of Dr. Leslie Bakupon. Be blessed as you listen. the name of the Lord just give him glory give him praise bless his holy name thank him for this week thank him for Monday thank him for Tuesday thank him for Wednesday thank him for Thursday thank him for Friday Saturday thank him for today Give him glory. Give him praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Oh, amen. amen. Somebody put your hands together for the Lord. All right. How many of you are happy to be in church today? I can't feel your excitement. How many of you are happy to be in church today? Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We bless God for this morning. Amen. Alright. So, this morning, the service will be a little different. Yeah, it will be, it will be a little different from the usual. I know you are waiting for me to start opening the scriptures and giving you word. But, today, what we are going to do, I call it Ask the Pastor. Yeah, Ask the Pastor. Today, I'll give you the chance to ask me any question at all. Anything, anything at all. Whether it's on 15 deadly men or 11 deadly women or six ugly devils, <laughs> whatever. Christian and music, blah blah, whatever you want to ask me, the, the 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 door and the gate is open. Hallelujah. But then, somebody say, but then the meeting can shift. Hallelujah. Yeah, this morning my, my spirit man is very sharp. And so if I punctuate it and I start prophesying to people and I start ministering to people. Don't say, I said, I'll give you a chance to ask questions. And I'm doing something else. Hallelujah. Yeah, so singers, be on standby. Hallelujah. Be on standby. Anything can open at any time. Hallelujah. Yeah, so... Dangerous men, dangerous women. Deadly. Deadly, yes. Mm. Deadly. Some of them, well, you mentioned, were not... As in obviously bad people in mm-hmm. themselves, just that they had genuine problems. So in a situation where you are sincerely convinced that this is the person for you, but then the person is actually one of those people that is deadly, but it's actually a genuine problem that they have. That's right. What exactly do you do in that kind of situation? Because I feel like some people 
may be in that situation. Oh, many people, many. It's not some people. Many that's, people are in that situation. That's question A. Some, 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 some of the people cry. They are part of the deadly people that, you know, it's like, doesn't mean you give up on yourself. <laughs> no. All right, let me answer this one first. If you realize the topic was deadly men stroke deadly women to beware of not to avoid that was what i was going to make it initially but i changed it not necessarily to avoid all right you see when it comes to marriage when it comes to relationships and stuff like that you won't get somebody who is hundred percent okay the person will have some faults but as individuals we have our no-go areas and it differs from person to person i have what i can tolerate okay there may be some things about me you can't tolerate but my wife can tolerate even though she may not like it okay so when it comes to those things it's it's, it's not like an, an absolute no no but for me things like physical violence the person beats you and stuff like that. If you can tolerate such a thing, it means you too, you are deadly. <laughs> There's a problem somewhere. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes. So it's not to avoid, but to be aware of. All right. Just have your antennas up. Okay. Because, I mean, it's difficult to get a man or a woman who is 100%. There may be one or two faults here and there. But look at what you can live with. There are some character traits I know I can't live with. I, I can't be in a marriage covenant with somebody with those traits. But somebody else can tolerate. All right? There are some people, they can't stand lazy people. Like, if you are lazy, it means we'll fight 24-7. And that is not good for the marriage. All right? Somebody else who needs a man who is lazy so that she can serve him and feel like a wife. Oh, yeah. I, I'm telling you, there was a lady who told me, she doesn't want a man who gives a woman a lot of attention. He said, me pelbe mo treno. Oh, I'm telling you the truth. There are people like that. They want people who will tread their home and, you know, those kind of things so that they will be the ones doing the pampering and they will be the ones giving the attention. Yeah. So everybody and what they can take. Everybody and the limit to which they can go. All right? So it is dangerous men and women to be well, not necessarily to avoid. All right, B. Yes, B. B is specifically concerning Uncle Don Juan. Don Juan, <laughs> yes. So, I mean, say someone was, is an ex Don Juan, like used to be, mm -hmm. and is now in a relationship with someone. Mm -hmm. I mean, but some of these Don Juans, they're the in quotes flirtatious, like you said, sometimes it's the women that chase them. Right? Mm -hmm. So for someone like that, if like they're in a relationship, mm -hmm. what exactly are some of the things that they themselves and their partner should kind of have in mind? Should how do? Are they you mind? talking about yourself? Oh no, not really. Are <laughs> 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 you talking ex Don Juan and things like that? In here. All right. Let's let's take it like that. <laughs> what are some of the things they must do? All right. Oh, well, if you're a woman and you're in a relationship with a man for whom a lot of ladies have eyes, you must be prepared. You, you, you can't be the very jealous type. 
you cannot the time that you come to church with him usher smiles more no that fire you <laughs> that evening is your uh, prayer topic you bind her no 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 you you should have it at the back of your mind that i mean the person will get attention from other people but you see what will secure this thing is for the gentleman to give the lady security just give her security keep reassuring her that she's number one she's number two she's number three she's number four she's number whatever hallelujah it is a conscious effort because if you are secure when you are secure eh, even when other people like your guy you even like it because it makes you feel good oh, upon all your you are all just bridesmaids i am there i am the bride hallelujah yes so the key is security give security just reassure and reassure not just in word but in action when ladies are passing flirtatious comments or sending flirtatious messages forward forward to her hey this is what they so that you, you don't leave anything any room for doubt hallelujah because sometimes eh, some ladies can be very funny and very dangerous when they have their eyes on a gentleman who is already in a relationship they will try to cause confusion one way or the other try to bring up things that are not true try to create situations ahead of a situation where the lady actually sent screenshots to a gentleman's fiance and the screenshots were supposed to be conversations between the two of them so you see the whatever and the name is the guy's name like screenshots and all that but actually what she did was that she had another number and she saved it as the gentleman's number <laughs> she saved it as a gentleman's number so whenever it's like she was chatting with herself and she presented and the content of the chat they were even talking about the fiance that he doesn't even think he loves her and she's not the right person for him and blah 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 he's looking for a way to break up with her and blah 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 and sent it to the lady all in an attempt to create confusion but these things with information technology you can if you have the right contacts and the people who know how to do this and you can just decode and, and and know what is happening all right so security both in word and in action indeed if you are hiding your interactions with some lady there's some particular lady that we can't talk about it's a problem it creates insecurity women thrive on security hallelujah have i answered your question all right let's put our hands together for the lord yes today a day for you a day for you a day for you anything you want to ask me yes michael thank you very much good say anything at all anything question 1a i i <laughs> i first <laughs> how do you handle the situation where a lady always dresses to expose <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> Let me take it again. How do you handle 
the situation where a lady always dresses to expose her vitals, especially in church. In church. In church. In church. Yes. In church. Yes. I thought those things were not in church. Okay, not in overflow, but <laughs> okay. If you say handle the situation, as in a general handling or the personal handling. General handling. General handling. General handling. Oh, if it's general handling, then it's simple. You just get another lady to speak to her. I think that's the best way. It coming from a lady will be easier to take than a gentleman. All right? If a gentleman comes to tell you, hey, you've been exposing this part of your body, blah, blah, blah. It's more embarrassing. Okay? The Bible instructs us to correct in the spirit of love. Anytime you are correcting, love must be at the basis of it. Okay? So you get a lady, preferably somebody a little more mature than the person. Somebody you think she will respect and listen to and tell her that I mean the way you have been exposing yourself is not the best you are in the house of God respect yourself and respect God hallelujah so for me I think that is how it should be handled all right B A I I <laughs> so that is this one uh, I think is there a to you? What are the difficulties or stress or challenges that comes with being um, the pastor of Overflow, man of God? <laughs> oh, it's a, it's a topic for a sermon. In fact, there's some sermon I'll preach one day. One day. That one is, is between me and Mami Fat. Yeah. The title is Oh, Church Members. The day I get the release, eh? <laughs> that's the title. Oh, church members. That's right. <laughs> well, I mean, the, 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 the challenges of being a pastor are many. Okay. Um, so should I talk specifically for overflow or general stresses of being okay you are talk general plus overflow everything okay all right um well i mean before i go into the specifics i must say that if i compare myself to some colleague pastors that i know and the kind of troubles their church members give them i think generally you people are a very good congregation honestly generally yeah when I hear some of the things they have to deal with, I'm like, God, thank you. <laughs> because some of the things I wonder, hey, so I mean, what would I do in this particular situation? All right? But being a pastor means you have to be multi-talented. You have to be a jack of all trades. You must be a counselor. You must be a psychologist. You must be a preacher. You must be a prayer warrior. An intercessor. You must be spiritually sensitive. You must be spiritual. It's very, very important. You must be spiritually. Being a pastor is not just about being able to preach well. You can preach good. That is it. No, 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 no. That's just about 10% of the work. You must be a good organizer. You must be a visionary person. You must be able to see from afar and plan ahead. You must be somebody who can keep his school under pressure. Because there are some situations and everybody will just be looking at you. If you two say, hey, well, what shall we do? What shall we do? <laughs> then what really shall we do? You must 
keep a cool head and try and stabilize things. You must be a bridge builder. Alright? You must build bridges rather than build walls. Sometimes pastors make the mistake of being wall builders. They divide the people. But you have to be a bridge builder. Some people believe in the divide and rule principle. Knock the heads of the people together so that they can't come together and fight against you. But it's a very devilish mentality. Hallelujah. So there are a lot of things you should be able to do at the same time. You should, be, you should be able to give people advice on their business, even though you've not studied business administration. You should be able to tell them, no, look, this thing, if you do it this way and you do it this way, it will be okay. If you do it this way and you do it this way, it will be okay. You have to be a jack of all trades. That is the number one challenge. And then, if you are a good pastor, you will carry the burdens of the people. You carry the burdens of the people. Look, there are times that things happening in my life that I should be happy. But because of something somebody else is going through, it dilutes my happiness. Do you get what I'm saying? Sundays when I leave here, I leave with tiredness and burdens. Tiredness and burdens. You are all sitting down, enjoying the AC. I'm standing. I stood through opening prayer. I stood through praise. I stood through worship. The only time I sat was when Overflow Music was ministering beautifully. And let's put our hands together for them. It was a beautiful ministration. And I'm standing now. I don't know when I'll sit down. But I'll stand through. And when we finish, I'll stand and talk to people. So by the time you leave, you are both physically tired, emotionally drained. You see, when you preach for one hour, the kind of energy that goes out of you. You see, when we are preaching, we are sweating. One remember I was like, ah, this sweating, I don't understand. It's, it's not like when you preach, you are running around and blah, blah, blah. The kind of spiritual virtue you exert is not a joke. It's more than going for a, a jog. So there was some year B, she was bothering me. Let's start jogging. Even yesterday she brought it. She was like, look, we are not young anymore. Let's start jogging and doing blah, blah, blah. I was like, the preaching is more than the jogging. <laughs> I exert a lot of energy. Don't you see the way I sweat when I'm preaching? You know? So if you are a good pastor, you will carry people's burdens with you. And you need to know how to handle the burdens. But one of the strongest challenges of a pastor when it comes to handling the people's burdens is knowing how to keep information. Oh yeah, it is difficult. It is difficult. When I meet you and we start talking, I should be able to, I'm expected to remember where we ended our last conversation. That is what you don't realize. Because you will be disappointed if you come and you start from where we ended and I don't seem to remember. Like, oh, so this money doesn't care about me. But you've forgotten that it's not just you. <laughs> Hallelujah. How to keep people's information and knowing what to keep quiet about. Hallelujah. 
No, it can be challenging. Look, if you don't take time, if you don't take time, naturally as a human being, certain things may just slip out of your mouth. Not because you want to cause trouble or something, but you can end up. I was telling some of the pastors recently that even in dealing with couples, you need to be very careful. Because a couple, and both of them are talking to you, you don't assume that what the pers- one person tells you, he has told the other person. So you go and sit there and, uh, hey, and so even this, what do you call it, blah, 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 another person is looking at the, hey, hey. So this is what you are planning, hey, me that I lie on the same bed with you, you've not told me. So now pastor has become an evil man, creating trouble. When I'm talking to a couple, I make the assumption that what this one is telling me, she has not told the other. So if I don't have the permission to go reveal it to the other person, I keep quiet. Hallelujah. Uh-huh. So it's a very, very, very complex thing. But one thing that can cause a pastor to be depressed is when you teach people something and you see them doing the opposite. You preach, be not unequally joked together with unbelievers. Be not unequally joked together with unbelievers. And then after a while, you see a particular daughter is not coming to church. You investigate and you realize that some Amalekite has cornered her somewhere. Shaibu, eh? Shaibu, Konamu. It's painful when you spend hours and hours counseling somebody on something and the person ends up doing the exact opposite of what you spent time counseling the person. You feel like I could have used the time to do something better. Yeah, these are realities of the, of the job of a pastor. There was somebody I counseled some time ago. She was in a bad relationship. Bad meaning bad verbally bad physically bad sexually everything it was a bad relationship and i spent months and eventually she broke that relationship and i told her when you break up spend at least six months without a relationship and rebuild your relationship with god before you even think of bringing somebody else into your life he said, Ew. <laughs> oh no, this person I spent I spent time on this person. So finally, when there was a breakup, I was like, oh, this is a chance for this girl to reconnect with God and everything. She broke up. Two weeks later, she went for vacation. When she came back and I saw her. see when you have a pastor who can hear from God (laughs) sometimes it's dangerous I walked straight up to her I told her you started another relationship and the new relationship is actually a rekindled relationship with your very first boyfriend you had in secondary school she opened her mouth and said close it before and they say I was heartbroken because I spent time to counsel this lady I had I mean, doesn't it make sense after you've come out of a bad relationship to wait a while before entry another? 
sometimes the ladies more pay attention you know, like you, they, you can't be there and not have somebody sending you i love you or i miss you or you know baby and da, da, da. you have to learn to do the baby with god <laughs> you understand yes you have to learn to, to 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 have that kind of intimate relationship with god so if you since ss there's never been one month of your life that you've been single Every time there's somebody on the scene. Every time there's somebody on the scene. You've not had time to even discover yourself. So the difficulties are many. Difficulties are many. When there are things you expect people to know. Or you said. And you come. And the things haven't been done. Or the attitude with which is being done is like you are forcing them to do it. Under some circumstances, uh, me, it's, it's more of I become sad than angry. It's more of sadness than anger. When you keep correcting the same mistake over and over and over and over, you're like, ah, is it that I'm not anointed? So when I speak, it doesn't touch the heart of the people or what? And the whole in your sickness, you know, in your yeah i won't do it they say it we preach it but there are a lot of you you have a mind of your own but may your mind be renewed by the word of god hallelujah some of you some pastors said oh there are some people in the church when you are raising funds the one city they plan to give eh? you can quote 20 scriptures you can prophesy you can do the the amaya margins Spiritual stubbornness. <laughs> when I see people not being consistent with God, it breaks my heart. You are in church on Sunday, next Sunday, you are sleeping. I mean, if there are genuine reasons why you are not coming, it's understandable. But if for no reason, like, you let me reserve the rest for the sermon. Oh, church members. <laughs> But generally, I must say, it's a real joy pastoring you people. I'm telling you honestly. One of the best decisions I've taken in my life, aside deciding to marry my wife, is to have listened to the call of God to start the Overflow Worship Center. I thought... I was fulfilled as a minister doing itinerant ministry. You get invited here, you go to preach, you hold fire rally, you go and minister, you leave the people, blah, 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 and all of that. But there is more satisfaction in nurturing people. So we nurture you, we counsel you to get married, we watch you get married, we bless your marriage, we dedicate your children and dedicate your your cars and may god give us more cars to dedicate and we dedicate your houses may god give you houses oh you will not build just one house you will build houses and houses there are real estate gurus in this house let me tell you something this one source of income mentality not in this church 
we believe in multiple streams of income. Yeah. We believe in multiple streams of income. Don't say, oh, control and account. Even if it's handkerchief you sell and it will bring you two CDs a month, it's two CDs you didn't have. If for nothing at all, it can buy. How many uh, sachet water, how many can it buy? Ten. Ten. Ah, isn't that something? You are waiting for that big business break. Start with something small. Hallelujah. Yeah. So it's, it's fulfilling watching you go through the various steps of life. It's fulfilling being there with you in your difficult moments. And it's, it's fulfilling being with you in the moments of rejoicing. Hallelujah. And God will give us many, many more opportunities to rejoice in this church. God will give us many, many more opportunities to be happy and to give testimonies in this church. Hallelujah. But let me say this. One of the things too that breaks my heart a little is that, you see, a lot of people in this church don't like sharing their testimonies. If I show you my phone, on a weekly basis, like multiple testimonies, but people just don't want to come and stand and share it with people. Oh, I mean, some of them are, 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 are serious, like real serious testimonies. And some of them to even come from people who are not members of the church. People who watch online. God miraculously changed somebody's exam results. Yeah, the results came and the person had faith. And for one week, the person was praying with a certain prayer. I prayed after a sermon. Believing that something would change. Because she didn't believe it was right. The person went to see the lecturer involved. And the person was like, look, this is it. That is it. And I mean, when you are told that is it, that is it. Pray, pray, pray. But when the final results came, the thing had changed. Hallelujah. Awesome testimonies. But people don't like to share. People don't like to come out. But after today, may you change in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah. So let me, hey, one question. I've taken all the time. So basically, I mean, that is it. Some of the challenges of being a pastor. Let's put our hands together for the Lord. Anybody with a question? Yes, please. Okay, yes, sir. Moses. Yeah, thank you very much. And, and mine also is a top-up to Michael. So. Top-up? Yes, please. All right. Uh -huh. Concerning the exposition of the, like the parts of um, the ladies in court. Um, actually, I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> okay, okay. Understand. Let, let me put it this way. Um, actually, yes. Um, I mean... Uh, in campus church, one oh, one day we had a service, and after we, I mean, we've closed. There was a lady who was, let me say, um, badly she was dressed. not well dressed. Okay. Uh huh. So we saw it, and then I mean, some of the guys were, I mean, telling themselves so that look at the way this lady had dressed to church, and then okay. and then one man said that man be spiritual. Then when he said that one, then <laughs> we said after church we we'll try and confront her. So we we, we thought of it that. Boys, uh, boys. <laughs> we thought of it that as leaders, when we talk to the person, the person will be fine. Okay. So we confronted the person, and after we, I mean, talk to her that oh, this thing, next time it's nice, it's good looking on you, but next time do it this way. The answer the person gave us is that, um, because of this thing you said, I'm not coming to church again. I'm offended. Mm -hmm. So in that case, is it the rule of correction that we we we've applied that it's wrong, or the person has made up her mind that she knows what she's doing? And she okay. wants to go ahead and do it. All right. It could be any of the two. That is why I said for such a thing, you should let another lady be the one to speak to her. 
all right preferably somebody a little older than her i mean who is mature enough to be able to present it because sometimes how we present our correction can can drive people away okay we have to understand that in the house of god we are all at various levels of maturity there are people who are babies like babies if aiden misbehaves right now you you rather pamper him if he's misbehaving if he's doing i don't think you will take a cane and go and lash him <laughs> at this age you rather pamper him and oh don't do that but a time will come when he does the wrong thing you will shout at him all right we we need to know that people are at different levels of maturity and so our approach towards them must be according to their level of maturity hallelujah yes and and it's one of the the challenges of being a pastor too you don't have one prescribed way of dealing with everything for every people you run into trouble all the time because people come from different backgrounds they have different mentalities how i will handle pastor alpha for example is different from the way i handle pastor ennis or pastor gideon you know, their personalities are different and i relate to all of them from a different angle hallelujah yeah so it's 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 like that sometimes it's the mood how the correction is done and having said that let me talk about offense me anytime any opportunity i get i like to speak about offense because i've said it several times that if there is one thing that can scatter a church more than adultery more than fornication it is offense and the devil is always looking for an opportunity to make somebody offended hallelujah you see me eh, let me tell you today if i happen to offend you know that it wasn't intentional like i don't have that kind of heart to intentionally offend you but being a human being i may end up stepping on your toes so forgive me ahead of time hallelujah yeah the, the pressures on me are so many i may make a mistake i may i may say something i'm not supposed to say something may slip that wasn't supposed to slip or something because look the, the kind of information i'm dealing with on a daily basis if it were you your head would have expanded like 10 times by now all right so let's always be aware of offense it is always lacking in the background in your subgroup as a general what do you call it in your your cell group things can happen that would offend you but if you are offended know that you didn't come to serve man you didn't come to church because of any human being for you to say because of that human being you, you are not even here because of me as a pastor i have not died for you i have not shed my blood for you i don't know what it feels like to be on a cross the only crosses i've seen are on people's necks i don't know how it feels like to have a six inch nail driven through your your palms for it to enter your nerves and to cut your nerves into two i don't know what it feels like all right so you are not here because of me so even if i offend you the church doesn't belong to me that's why i don't have my name on the church amen uh-huh. don't run away and leave because of offense try and deal with the offense hallelujah but then jesus also said that offenses will come but woe unto the one through whom it comes that means in anything you do whether it's correcting people or not try as much as possible not to offend because you see when you offend somebody 
what you've done is that you have placed a tool in the hands of the enemy. And before you place that tool in the hands of the enemy, you must make sure it is really worth it. All right? There are times you, you put everything aside and decide whether you're offended or not. I'm going to say what I have to say. Under such circumstances, you must make sure it is worth it. All right? Good. Let's put our hands together for the Lord. Okay, please. Hey, you are not done. Uh, my, my last question. All right. Uh, please, what is um, really or the actual definition of love? The reason why I'm asking this is um, you have let. Oh. Is, is, there, is there something in the pipeline? Is there something Daddy, in the pipeline? It's, it's a question I'm about to ask. It's a question you are about to ask. Yes, please. Please ask the question. Yes. Please, let's listen to the question. Then. Yes, let's listen to Siniamo. <laughs> and please, let's, I mean, let's take it, you are in a, I mean, a church or a denomination. Sure. Yes. This Christian sister. That's right. And then you are all going it's, it's about It's just a scenario he's Oh, giving. please, it's a scenario. Oh, I'm it's not a scenario. <laughs> so, please. As you are going about doing the work of God, That's and then right. the person is also in the church. The person is also, let's say, is in the same department with you. Okay. Please, I don't understand what's going on. Right? We also don't understand. Oh. Oh, please. Uh, so, like, like I'm saying, yeah. the person is in the church, you are in the department, you are all going about doing the work of God. Mm -hmm. But the person keeps on saying that, it's like, you don't have, I mean, time for me, attentions and stuff. And the person is saying those things. Please, does it mean, and as you keep on talking to the person, you are going about doing the work of God, the person sees you every day. And the person keeps on repeating this thing. I mean, what actually is it? Is it telling you that? <laughs> No. Oh, so daddy, daddy, with this issue, I want to know how do you how do you handle this issue? Okay. Thank you. All right. Please put your hands together for senior Mo. But senior Mo, this question you are asking me, ask the person there. It's as simple as that. The person is here. Ask the person. <laughs> no, no, I, I think that is the best answer you can get. It's to ask the person. Because the best I can do is to guess. I, I should guess. Oh, you see, the thing is that different people have different love languages. You understand? Aha. For some people, when you give them attention, you spend time with them, then it means you are communicating love. All right? Some people, too, when you dash them things, like you give them gifts and stuff like that, they take it that you, you, you love them. Some people, too, it's words of affirmation. When you're always giving positive reinforcement and stuff like that. All right? So I can't tell for that person. I can't tell for that person. Maybe you 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 spend a oh, okay, no you like it was a <laughs> so it was a scenario. <laughs> maybe the person spends a lot of time with the person, or uh, maybe some 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 signals have gone on that have triggered some things here and there. Um the best will be to ask the person herself that this thing you have been saying, what are you really, really trying to say? You understand? 
Uh-huh. You see, the, the gentleman in the church, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Me, I speak to the ladies and I speak to the gentlemen as well. The ladies, they are waiting for you. Your mouth is too P.O.P. It's like, you are there, I don't know what you are doing. Me, I don't want to sit here. And people will come and take my daughters away from this church, from another church. Hallelujah. Look around, don't you see the beauties in this church? There are people who call me when they see the pictures we put on Facebook. They're like, hey, your church, there are no ugly people there. I was like, where do you expect there to be ugly people? We, we should be ugly. <laughs> Hallelujah. So the gentlemen, you see, there are some of the ladies you think they are too sophisticated and they are waiting for you. I'm telling you, they are waiting for you. They are waiting for you. You may think, oh, this person, dear, Charlie, I don't have a chance. You never know. You never know. For all you know, you are her prayer topic. So today, may the Lord release your mouth. May the Lord release your tongue. May the Lord give you the boldness to declare that which is upon your heart. And may your declaration be met with acceptance. You see, I'm not pointing at senior move. I'm pointing in this direction. <laughs> Hallelujah. Look, the worst the person can do to you is to say no. If he says no, it doesn't take off your head. It doesn't take off your head. Hallelujah. Yes, so gentlemen, receive the boldness. Hallelujah. Yes. Senior Mo, are you done with your questioning? All right, who else? Who else? Okay. Uh, it's Marina, right? Okay. My question is, um, what should be your prayer topic towards a vision or goal? How you should pray about a vision or a goal? Yeah. And the second question is, um, your prayer topic towards the man you want to marry. How to pray about it? It's a powerful one. Re- re- remove the mask. Let's see your face. Let's see your face. <laughs> There's a mask in crying. Oh, you take it off. Let's see. Just four seconds. Aha. All right, you can put it back on. Have you seen? <laughs> Take note. <laughs> oh, really? I mean, if you have a vision or a goal. Well, first of all, you put it before God and ask him for his approval. All right? Because I've said it before that once you say, I have given my life to Christ, it means your life is in Christ's hands. Everything you must do must be with his permission. Okay? So, the first part of your prayer should be, God, is this really what you want me to do? God may start giving you some signs. Or sometimes, it's just a simple feeling you have in your spirit that, let me just give up on this thing and stop it. All right? You realize you don't have peace about it. You don't, the, the urge to do it just goes away. It may be an indication that this is not what God wants you to do. That, that should be the first step. And then, secondly, you pray for one. Every vision needs a provision. Alright? Every vision needs a provision. So you have to pray for provision for the vision. Amen? And the provision is material. The provision is, 
is 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 monetary. If it is a business you want to start, it's money. If it's an orphanage you want to start, it's money. Like it won't just appear from the ground. You understand? Sometimes as Christians, we need to be practical about things. Pray, 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 but also be practical. Okay? Pray for divine provision. Pray that God will position you strategically. And then thirdly, if it is a vision that needs people, you have to pray for God to bring the people. When we talk about destiny helpers, people always imagine people above them who help them into some higher level. It's one type of destiny helper. But you can also have destiny helpers who are... Peter was a destiny helper to Jesus. John was a destiny helper to Jesus. The apostles, they were destiny helpers. If Jesus had been alone, he couldn't have achieved what he achieved in three and a half years. When he prayed and multiplied bread, and he fed 5,000 men and an unnamed number of women and children, he needed those destiny helpers to organize that impromptu reception. Those of you planning weddings, you are planning for just 400 people. Look at how many months it's taking to plan to feed 400 people. But this one, 5,000 plus people with no preparation. You must need some really loyal people, some really sharp people, people who believe in what you are doing, for you to say, we are moving and the people move with you. Hallelujah. So aside praying for the provision for the vision, you also have to pray for helpers, people that you need for the vision to come to pass. Hallelujah. Yes. And for the female, if you are praying about your vision in life and you are not married, you have to pray that God will bring you somebody who identifies with the vision. Okay? You have to pray that God brings you, and, and, and you have to, to, to align yourself. And the children, uh, yeah, it's good to be a child. <laughs> no worries. You are thinking of vision and things. They, they sleep, they eat, they cry. Whatever they want is provided. It's on the heads of the parents. Sometimes I wish I could go back and be a child again. Yes, so you have to pray for approval from God. Two, you have to pray for provision for the vision. And then three, you need to pray for helpers of the vision. Those are the three levels of prayer. And for the man you want to marry, there's nothing wrong with taking your specifications to God. Give God your specs. Hallelujah. The Bible says when we ask him for fish, he won't give us what? He won't give you a snake. So if you tell him, I want a very, 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 very short man who has tall lyrics. <laughs> God will give you that. Hallelujah. But the key about praying for a lifetime partner is that start praying before you start feeling some way about somebody. Mm, that is where a lot of people miss it. When you started feeling already, you are compromised. Your prayer is compromised. Start praying when nobody is on the scene. Start praying when you are not infatuated about anybody. Start praying when there's nobody proposing to you. That is the best time to pray. Hallelujah. Then when you pray objectively and, 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 and it's better. But don't be afraid to tell God exactly what you want. Alright? But anytime you take anything before God, just like when we were in school, those days, you send your parents a list of things you want for next term. Sometimes they edit it. They tell you this one, pa, this one, pa. When it comes and there's too much ink inside, then your heart. 
<laughs> but that is what fathers and mothers do. And God is your father. Hallelujah. You will send your list before God and God will say, no, as for this one, no. This one says, God will edit it. But that is why with God, it's about a relationship. Everybody say a relationship. Yes. He says, come, let us reason together. All right. So start praying when there is nobody. That is the best time to pray. Start praying when you are not feeling a certain way about anybody. That is the best time to pray. Have I answered your question? Let's put our hands together for the Lord. All right. I thought I saw another hand up somewhere. Yes. Can the microphone come this way? All right. I thought I saw another hand in that area. Okay, so. Daddy. Yes. Please, my question is, you said something about um, when a pastor offends you, mm-hmm. you deal with the offense. You That's don't right. leave the church because the church is not for you. That's right. And here is a situation whereby a pastor mm-hmm. tells a lady mm-hmm. that he loves her. So it's not here. No, no, no. Oh. no. <laughs> Let me just for the avoidance of doubt. All of us, we are married. We don't love anybody. Yeah. We love you as daughters. Hallelujah. <laughs> and sometimes now we are clarified, then we move on. Let's go. <laughs> he loves you and wants to marry you. Okay. And then you find out that the pastor... The pastor is married or not married? He's kind of hey. getting married. <laughs> <laughs> kind of getting married. Yeah. Okay. And then you find out he's going out with the quarries like the quality yes <laughs> and <laughs> and also promise them he is going to marry them as well okay. and some of the church members okay and it's kind of creating some confusion because most of the ladies are jealous and really want to marry the pastor even god is a jealous god <laughs> So in this situation whereby the pastor is going out with the quarries or the qualities and some of the some of the um, church members and including you yourself, the pastor also promised to marry you mm-hmm. and you get to know all this. Mm. Will you just be No, that's why you leave. Okay, thank you. The answer is not in you leave. This is not somebody you should be under. This is not a shepherd. Shepherds are supposed to keep the sheep. But when you are using the sheep for aponchinkakra and kebab. No, no, no. You are not a shepherd. All right. So under such circumstances, it's not like, no, no, no. Leave. It's, 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 it's as simple as that. This one, no plenty talk. All right. Yes, I saw a hand somewhere. Aquila, yes. Yes, please. Thank you for the opportunity. Yes. Um, so I have a few questions I wanted to ask. <laughs> All right. Um, so you mentioned that you have a few challenges, or pastors have a few challenges. I wanted to find out um, how you handle it, how you, like, you know, recover from, you know, the effects of the challenges on you. Like, how do you keep yourself fresh and all that? And how do you <laughs> how do you cope generally yes, with the stresses? Generally, yes. Okay. Um, As, that one too is another sermon. <laughs> All right, finish. Oh, yeah. that is it. That's the question. I also want, yeah, that's okay, the let question. me let me answer this one. Well, I mean, you have to cope. <laughs> you need to cope. 
Um, there isn't one answer because depending on what you are facing, you adjust and cope with that particular thing. Okay. Um, but as a pastor, your relationship with God must be paramount. Your relationship with God must be paramount because when things are difficult and what do you call it? Yes. You have a wife who you confide in and all of that. You must have an outlet one way or the other. There are things and there are frustrations I can't show to my pastors because I need to inspire confidence in them. Hallelujah. If there is some challenge or something and blah, blah, and I come and me too, I'm looking bomb, uninspiring and blah, blah, blah. They'll even lose hope. Like, Charlie, the one we are looking up to for leadership is also down. So when I'm with them, I have to look strong. But there should be somebody somewhere you can be vulnerable to. So me, my vulnerability is my wife I show it to. Hallelujah. There are times I'll come and tell her, pray for me, lay hands on me and pray for me. There are times before programs, when you see us ministering, confidence, and sometimes before the program, I'm shaking. I'm nervous. Especially the big, big ones, the fire rallies and things like that. There are times before I enter the the, the, the place, I'm, I'm shaking, especially on the first night. At the point I was worried until my spiritual father told me he too he still gets nervous. I said, then it's fine. <laughs> it's okay. During those times, she is the one who prays for me. In the room before we sit in the car and come and tell her, pray for me. You must have an outlet. That is why it's hard to be a pastor and you are not married. Okay? But then even the things you can't how do I even put it there's an extent to which you can pour out your heart to a human being your relationship with God must be intact such that you can go and pour out what you can pour out to human beings unto God hallelujah yes so every situation and how you deal with it every situation and how you deal with it but one thing is that God will not allow any challenge to come that he has not equipped you to overcome. That is the thing. That, 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 is, that is the baseline with God and challenges. So I'm telling you that that challenge you are going through right now, God allowed it because he knows you have it within you to overcome it. He won't allow it to come if he knows you can't overcome it. Alright? One thing I realized recently was that as a pastor, you can end up thinking about people so much that you stop thinking about yourself. It dawned on me recently that I don't pray for myself. For years, I haven't been praying for myself. In fact, a couple in this church told me to give them my prayer topics. It's been about two months now. I've not been able to give them anything. Because I realized I've forgotten how to pray for myself. But some way, somehow, God sorts me out. Because the Bible says, He who watereth shall himself be watered. Hallelujah. Yeah. So, as for the challenges, they come in different forms. But the most important thing is to have a relationship with God. Is to have a relationship with God. And to bear it in mind that God will not allow a challenge to come that he hasn't equipped you to be able to overcome. Next question. 
space. Um, just two more. So, how do you balance family life and ministry effectively? Good. As a pastor, you must make a conscious effort. It is a conscious effort you must make. All right. Right now, those of you who have been coming to the house, you realize that I'm literally moving a lot of my work home. It's a conscious effort. Because the pool will come from so many different angles, and you need to be able to keep the equilibrium with the pools. When many things are pulling you at the same time and there's no equilibrium in the pool, one will give. And sometimes it's the one you don't want to give that will give. And so you must make a conscious effort. No, as for family, you must make a conscious effort. Because if you leave things to be as they are, you end up neglecting your family. That is how it is. Because there are so many people to take care of and you have only 24 hours in a day. So you must make a conscious effort. You must make a what? Conscious effort. It's a, it's a deliberate thing you must do. Otherwise, <laughs> you'll be there saving the whole world and, you know, Right now, my children, I've realized they've reached the stage where I can now take over their spiritual development. When they were small, when you preach to adults, sometimes it's difficult for you to calm down. Luckily, my wife is the opposite. She does with children. So she's been more or less the one after the... Right now, they've reached the stage where now I can take over and personally supervise their spiritual growth. Hallelujah. In the mornings, hey, you will do your quiet time. Before you go to school, we will discuss your quiet time. I realized that quiet time, this person was reading this book, another person was reading this book, I said, we all do the same thing. So I will have one discussion. I don't want to discuss Acts and discuss Esther. <laughs> so which book are we going to start with? They say we will ballot. So ballot, the one who picks one, zero, one, the one who picks one, we choose. Now picked and decided we will do Nehemiah, say you. <laughs> The, the spirit of a builder <laughs> and all it's a conscious effort you have to make hallelujah because you see as a pastor the devil is looking for your children already when they say I saw from Bagne, it's because the devil has his eyes on pastor's children he wants to destroy your children so that it will destroy your confidence on the pulpit ah, you, you can't even take care of your home and so me I've taken certain firm me and my wife we've taken certain firm decisions we are not letting our children out of our sight until a certain age. So even if you finish secondary school and you have a scholarship to go to MIT, Harvard, Princeton, you will be in Ghana here. Hallelujah. I know 18 years, so I can't let you go there. And blah, no matter what the opportunity is. Even three days ago, we even discussed it and reaffirmed it. <laughs> yes, we may sound like enemies of progress, but it's what you define as progress. <laughs> Hallelujah. You must make a conscious effort. And this one is not only for pastors. Anybody who is into any kind of ministry at all, you have to make the effort. It has to be conscious. Hallelujah. Yes, so, so that's the answer. It's a conscious thing you have to... If you allow things to run naturally, oh, it will not work that way. Amen. And then the last one from you. Yes, please. Um, I wanted to find out 
do you prepare differently for different kinds of meetings depending on the kind of meeting it is? I mean, I've heard you say sometimes that you know this particular meeting, maybe you're coming to teach, you're coming to prophesy, you're coming to have a revival. Like, is it the same kind of preparation? Is it different? How do you go about it? It's never the same. Generally. It's never the same. Different meetings and the kind of preparation that you would you'd, you'd prepare for. Um... The preparation for a teaching meeting is different from a meeting in which you are going to preach. I'm sure you know there's a difference between preaching the word and teaching the word. All right? The preparations are completely different. The preparation for a revival meeting is different. The preparation for a, a half night or an all night is completely different. Because most of the time they go in a, in a different way. All right? But then there is always this surprise element the Holy Ghost can always give. You enter a meeting and you are not prepared for a particular type of thing and God just takes you there. And most of the time, even though you're not prepared for that, because he opened that door, he makes sure it works. All right? So preparations are different for different meetings. Preparations are different. But there are certain things that are fundamental and that cut across. Prayer. Prayer. Meditation. You see, those of you who minister, meditate upon the ministration before you get there. If it's worship, meditate. Enter the scenario. There are a lot of times my meetings, I've lived the meeting before I come. And I've told you before that sometimes when I'm preparing for a meeting and I plug my ears with worship and I'm praying in the spirit, there are times I literally get into the meeting and I see details of the meeting and I know what has to be done in the meeting. Today, for example, I know very soon I'll switch. I'll switch into some realm very soon. And me, if 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 you leave, maybe I now word be one If if you decide to leave, maybe there's some word be that is, is for you. Alright. So different meetings, different preparations. But you should always be prepared for the unexpected. Because at the end of the day, the Holy Ghost is the master of ceremonies. Is the MC and decides how the thing goes. All right. I saw somebody's son, Sarah Bell. Hey, 10 30. So, please, I have two questions. Yes. The first one is What are soul ties and how can they be broken? And the second one is How can you hear more from the Holy Spirit? How can you hear more from the Holy Spirit? All right. Soul ties. When we say soul ties, we are talking about. soul connections all right and there are a number of things that can cause soul ties to be created one of them is unlawful sexual relations okay fornication adultery because when you sleep with somebody you are creating a link with the person's spirit that's how god created that's what the bible says sex is not some physical thing that you are lying on a bed and blah blah or whatever it is that you do it and you are done and you are gone. No. When you have sex with somebody, let me give you, let me give you what it, it, it is like. It's like you have taken uh, cassava and plantain and you have pounded them together. You see how it becomes? They are tied together. It is only God who can separate such a thing. It's only God. But the good thing is that it's not a difficult thing for God to break soul ties. Hallelujah. 
it's not a difficult thing for God. Most of the time, I just tell people, just go on a fast. Pray and repent of the sexual sin if you have not repented of it. And just ask God to break the tie. It's as simple as that. It's not any complex thing. And it's very important for people to do that before they enter marriage. Because I've given you this scenario before. Those of you who have done a bit of chemistry, carbon, it can bond to four things, right? That's why methane is CH4. If you take the strength of the bond between each the carbon and each of the hydrogens that make up methane and you compare it to the bond between carbon and oxygen in carbon monoxide where the carbon is bonding to just oxygen the strength of the bond in the ch cannot be compared to it all right that is why before you bond to that one person you have to pray and let god break all the others so that that one bond will be between you and that person alone amen and talking about soul ties it is important that people don't allow guilt to affect their relationship with god it doesn't matter how many souls maybe you have 10 12 15 20 25 plenty and counting <laughs> it doesn't matter look it doesn't make you any less a child of god hallelujah once you have repented and it is in the past the bible says i'm he who blots away your transgressions for my name's sake and i do not remember them anymore it's gone god has forgotten about it hallelujah all right so don't let those things there was somebody i had to minister to and her fear was that it's like it was, it was fear the devil plays in her mind that she's not going to have a good marriage simply because she slept with somebody in her past i was like what are you talking about this is a lie from the devil hallelujah do, do you know the number of people who have slept with people before their marriage and they are in a happy marriage just pray and let god break that that bond that was created and that is it it's as simple as you are not an inferior believer if you've had a soul tie before you are not any less a christian hallelujah All right but having said that too you have to avoid soul ties amen stay until you are married it is possible it is possible someone came and told me said hey i was telling my friends that me my relationship we are not having sex and they asked me so what do you do <laughs> that was what the friends asked so what do you do it is possible to stay in a relationship and not have sex it is possible it's all in the mind somebody says it's in the mind what you don't think about you do just don't think about it and your body is doing you then 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 take some worship and begin to worship move from the realm of the flesh and enter the spirit hallelujah yeah especially those of you who have have done it in the past and you know how it feels like you see it's easier if you haven't gone there before <laughs> it's easy you don't miss what you've not attempted before it's more difficult for those who have played around those arenas before but it is not impossible it is possible somebody say it's possible say hey why say it hard. say it is possible say it with vim like a child of god say it is possible hallelujah yes what what is the second question aside there how do you hear more from the holy spirit just like any personality how many of you know the holy spirit is a person it's a person all right 
the people whose voices you recognize easily in this world are people you speak to regularly those you communicate with on phone very regularly there are some people every day you call them two times three times if your phone were to be spot and you can't recognize the call coming the moment they say hello you know that it is them it's because of constant communication it's the same with the holy spirit when you have a habit of communicating with the holy spirit on a consistent basis it is easier for you to filter out the voice of the holy spirit and say this is the holy spirit speaking this is not my own mind speaking this is not the devil speaking hallelujah it's all about consistency those who can boldly stand and say and god told me and god told me which makes you feel intimidated so if you want someone to get god so you say hey god d for that bang <laughs> when will i also be able to say and god told me and god told me but god speaks to all of us hallelujah he speaks to all of us he speaks to all of us so just have a consistent communication life with the holy spirit and the interesting thing with when it comes to communicating with the holy spirit is that it doesn't have to be in a secret place or anywhere on the world as you are walking you can be chatting with the holy spirit develop that kind of friendly relationship with the holy spirit hey holy spirit so today what 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 am i supposed to eat things as casual as that just develop that habit of of communicating with the holy spirit you realize that it will be easier for you and when we talk about hearing the voice of the holy spirit don't expect it to be audible that is how come a lot of people miss the voice of god you're expecting a voice hearing in the spirit is different from hearing in the physical you are hearing me in the physical right now and you can hear me audibly but hearing in the in the spirit is not necessarily audible if you have sinned before it means you can hear in the spirit because the devil told you to go and do it and the devil is a spirit and you heard the devil did you hear an audible voice you didn't hear an audible voice but a spirit spoke to you so don't expect it to be audible in your ears hallelujah hearing in the spirit comes as one impressions say impressions yes impressions they come as impressions so don't expect to hear a voice there is hearing in the in the spirit where you can hear an audible voice it is there but that one is not it's not it's not in the majority it's not in the majority. you can count the number of times people heard god in the bible in their ears someone was one of them you see when it comes to prophets we have seers and we have hearers there are some people whose strength is in hearing and there are some whose strength is in seeing most of the prophets in the bible were seers but someone was a hearer right from infancy his first introduction into the prophetic was hearing because he heard the audible voice of god and he thought it was eli speaking to him and then i think in first samuel chapter 9 when god was instructing him to go and anoint saul he said and god spoke to him in his ear he said this specifically so he was a hearer so there are people whose speciality is in hearing hallelujah there are some whose speciality is in seeing all right so don't expect necessarily to hear an audible voice sometimes it comes as a very strong impression and it's like you are sure about it but you don't know why you are sure sometimes it's it's, 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 it's the holy spirit trying to tell you something but you have to take note of the fact that god has different ways of speaking to all of us you must learn god's language with you 
Amen. I remember when we went to Legon Fresh. There was this gentleman I met. And when we met, we shook hands. And as soon as we shook hands, I got the very strong impression we were going to end up in the same room. First day in Legon, our rooms hadn't been allocated. I got the strong impression we were going to end up in the same room. And I told one of my friends. Not knowing he also got the same impression, but I got it as a strong impression. But he, when he shook me, he just felt a liking. And he interpreted it to mean we'll end up in the same room. Same ministration, but different moods. And true, 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 we ended up in the same room. Learning to hear from God is an ongoing school that nobody ever graduates from. Every day you learn something new. I'm still learning new things about hearing God. Hallelujah. You can say, well, I've finished learning how to hear from God. No, until we get to heaven, we are standing right in front of his throne. We can't say we have graduated from the school of hearing God. We are still learning how to hear God. But what I want you to know is that God speaks to you. Tell somebody, God speaks to you. Tell another person, God speaks to you. If Christians can grasp this truth, false prophets will be put out of business. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. So that is the answer. Can we take maybe two last questions? Yes. Sandra. Fire, please. Yes. My last two questions. <laughs> you want to take the last the two? The first one is, um, how do you deal with this situation when um, you're in a relationship with an Amalekite mm-hmm. with the aim of trying to change him? <laughs> and you go to church, a, a church program, mm-hmm. and the prophet calls the two of you forward mm-hmm. and says that the two of you are meant to get married. <laughs> if not, whoever you go and get married to, you will not be happy. But because um, he's an Amalekite and he's not willing to change, you break up because mm-hmm. you're a child of God and all that. Yeah. And you are now afraid to enter into a relationship because of what that prophet has said. So what do you do in that? And All the right. second one... Let me answer the first one. The Bible says even God himself has placed his word above his name. Even he, God. He's placed his word above his name. How much more a prophet? The prophet can be above the word of God. And the word of God has stated it clearly. Be not unequally yoked together with an unbeliever. It doesn't matter how anointed the prophet is. Once what he's saying is against the word of God, it is not from God. It's as simple as that. Once what he's saying is against the word of God, it cannot be from God. Alright? So that is my answer to that one. In that situation, the prophet got it wrong. And prophets are human beings. Prophets are human beings. Sometimes human biases can influence prophecy. Look, when you are prophesying... There are some things. If you notice when I'm probably there are things I ask. I see the thing I ask. Because sometimes the person you are prophesying to is in a better position to interpret what you are seeing. Most of the time, the, the, the mistakes come when we are interpreting what you've seen. You may see all right. And with your own human biases. Look, who was a sharper prophet than someone? But he himself even nearly fell to that. When he went to go to anoint a king in Jesse's house. He had his prejudices. Saul was a very tall man. They said in the whole of Israel, from shoulder up, there was nobody like him. So in his mind, the next king of Israel must also be thick tall. So when he saw the firstborn, and secondly, 
I mean, even in our tradition, when you go to a house to go and pick a king, isn't it the oldest son you pick? You don't bypass the oldest son. But you see, what Samuel didn't know was that there was something that was running through that bloodline right from Abraham's time where the firstborns were missing what was rightfully theirs. Abraham's firstborn was Ishmael, but he didn't get what was supposed to be his as a firstborn. He went to Isaac. Isaac's firstborn was who? Esau. But Jacob got the blessing. Jacob's firstborn was Reuben. But because he went and slept with one of his father's concubines, the blessing that was supposed to come upon him as a firstborn, which is, which is actually a double portion of the blessing. Because in Jewish tradition, the firstborn is entitled to a double portion of the father's blessing. One as a son and the other as the firstborn son. And escaped him and went unto Joseph. And even Joseph, the evidence that he collected, he was the one who collected that double portion anointing, was that his sons, the anointing went unto two of them, Ephraim and Manasseh. And even with Ephraim and Manasseh, when their grandfather was going to bless them, instead of his right hand going to the elder one, it crossed and the thing went to the younger one. It followed uh, even unto the house of David. So the prophet went there with prejudice that, oh, it has to be the firstborn. And secondly, the firstborn I'm seeing is a very thick, tall, nice guy. When you put a crown on him, it will look nice. Not knowing God had bypassed him and gone for the shepherd boy who wasn't there at the time. Alright? So let's take note of the fact that human prejudices. Human prejudices. There was a day I was prophesying to somebody. The Lord opened my eyes and I saw SS written on his chest. SS. So I went and I asked the person, what is SS? As a hematologist, when I see SS, it's sickle cell disease. SS genotype. I could have gone and said, look, you, you are sickle cell disease. You said, no. My genotype is AA. Now be there. This one is not prophet two, I'm prophet three. <laughs> I just went and asked him, what is SS? And he said, SS is my initials. You see how I would have missed it? Not that I didn't see you, but I put my own interpretation to what I saw. So one, this is a lesson too that when somebody gets a prophecy wrong, it doesn't mean the person is a false prophet. The interpretation can be very, very tricky. It's difficult. Look, operating the prophetic is not easy. Trust me. The things people say and they see and they say in five minutes, it just took two seconds to see. That's how the realm of the spirit is. That's why when somebody enters a certain realm, everything must be all right around him. The ushering must be right. The things can on Friday. I was going to enter a certain realm and then the sound started misbehaving. And I told you that it has taken me out of the realm, but it will come back. And by God's grace, it came. But I didn't even come fully. Next Friday, come. Hallelujah. Yeah. That's why everything has to be right. The, the information transfer system in the spirit is so fast. Two seconds. Terra gigabytes of information can be lost. That's why when you are you are taking down before you are you are correcting an usher, hey, do this, blah 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 blah. Signals are being lost. Hallelujah. Yes. So when somebody gets a prophecy wrong, it doesn't mean the person does not see or the person didn't see. Sometimes the problem is with the interpretation. All right. But in this particular case, the prophet's word cannot supersede the word of God. The word of God has clearly stated its stance on this matter, and that is the end. The second one. The second one is um your stance on pornography in marriage to spice up sex life it's wrong 
those things are demonic no 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 they say they are trying to educate you to spice they say, but they are transferring demons into you you see the same way let me not scare you but the same way you can watch a man of God over and over again and receive an impartation of his anointing when you watch some of these things you are, you are also receiving impartation people have become homosexuals and they don't understand men they become homosexuals and they don't understand it's not because they watch two men having sex they watch two women having sex the homosexual spirit is one spiritual it manifests in a woman as lesbianism and manifests in a man as gay it's the same spirit so if you are watching two women having sex and you are enjoying it and that spirit leaves and comes into you 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 won't do woman woman you start doing man man hallelujah uh-huh so it is wrong it is demonic you see there's a portion of scripture I've forgotten where it is it talks about fleeing from evil and then yes and then even not approving of those who indulge in it there's, there's some scripture like that what the people are doing there they are not married they are having sex it's a sin you can't approve of it you can't endorse it it is not scriptural you are also sinning by endorsing it by watching it you see when you go to the internet and you watch a pornographic movie or a pornographic whatever you have sown a seed into the porn industry because somebody is making money out of the just you clicking on that video whether you like it or not your data that is gone it is money in somebody's pocket you are sowing seeds some of you if we calculate the seeds you have sown <laughs> into that industry what you sow into the kingdom of god it won't even reach a quarter it won't even reach a quarter but there's grace and mercy available hallelujah yeah last question hey okay prince Thank you. Um, I've learned that I should pray until something happens. So this one thing I've kept on doing. But how do we deal with unanswered prayers? Um, should we keep praying? And when should we stop? When should we stop? If not receive the answers. All right. I'll tell you what I do. Okay. I can tell it when I'm praying and it's not going. I can tell. There is this enthusiasm to pray. There is this flow that is lost. When I'm praying, I know that this one. You see, the, the Holy Ghost helps us to pray, right? But the Holy Spirit knows everything. So he knows that this thing, is not, he won't help you to pray. So you realize you are struggling with the prayer. I don't know if you've experienced it before. It's like you are praying about the thing, but it's like the heavens are shut. When I start experiencing that, most of the time, it's a sign that this thing stop it. But then, it's completely different from when the edge is there, the drive is there, but you are not seeing the thing yet. You have to continue pushing. As soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth. You keep on pushing. That one, the Holy Ghost edges you on. He pushes you. You realize that when you are praying, you are praying, you are getting... There have been a lot of things, things God has shown me. I start praying about it and... It's like the heavens are sealed and I stop and I know that this one if I continue what will come will come 
That's, that is how it is. So that is one sign. That, that is for me. I'm telling you what I do. When I realize that thing is not flowing, the prayer. When you are praying, it's flowing. Don't you feel it? You can feel. You realize you are breaking through. Now, when the Holy Spirit is helping you, because He knows the future, He knows there is an end point to this one. But when He knows that this one, Charlie and Kobe, I realize that you are struggling. You are struggling. You are using your own will to pray. It is a sign that probably this one just leave it alone. But when you've not seen it yet, but still you feel that edge to push. You feel that edge to push. You continue. All right. Thank you. And my second question, mm-hmm. um, I, I agree with the fact that um, sh- um, sex should be done in marriage and with our partners only. Uh, what happens, what, what will you do if you enter into marriage and you find out that you are not compatible sexually? In the same, Bible talks about um, some being born Enoch's and... <laughs> <laughs> and then my, the Enoch's shouldn't go and marry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but he didn't know. He didn't know. <laughs> and in my little studies, I know there are certain conditions in women, like malaria in Genesis, in the, um, which makes the woman not capable of carrying, and what's the name, a child. Like, what do you do when you find out this in marriage? I mean, you couldn't have found out that with premarital sex anyway. Premarital sex wouldn't have told you that the woman doesn't have a, a womb and can't carry a child. Now, <laughs> to be honest with you, this whole thing about sexual compatibility, I don't know what is meant by sexual compatibility. I really don't know, honestly. Is it that you are comparing the person to some five other people <laughs> you have been with or what i'm being very very honest with you i don't understand the the term sexual compatibility maybe somebody can help me here because the two things they are the same i mean not going into detail it's the same the male zone and the, is the, is, so what is the what is the compatibility what is the compatibility we are talking about i think some of these things are ideas and imaginations the devil has put out there that there's something like sexual incompatibility. You see, if it is about comparison, if we all obey the word of God, there will be nothing like comparison. If we all stay, and there is no basis for comparison, your husband can be as lousy as whatever, but for you, that is the best because you don't have any basis of comparison. <laughs> Do you understand? If we all obey the word of God, we won't have any problems or compatible this, that, 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 that. But I believe this thing about sexual compatibility is an idea and an imagination the devil has put there just to create confusion and give people. Recently, a a worship singer in Ghana here, he sat on a radio station and said, this whole thing about fornication, he doesn't get it. That people must sleep with each other before they get married because they may not be sexually compatible. And then a worship leader and a major one as such with a lot of following, and you are saying things like that. It is something the devil has placed out there. It's something the devil has placed out there. So we need to be careful about it. For me, there's nothing like sexual incompatibility. There's nothing like that. All right. Okay. So God bless you for your questions. Let's put our hands together for each other. Trust you have been blessed by this message. For more information, 
reach us on 024-873-7250 or on our Facebook page, The Overflow Worship Center. Stay blessed. Overflow! Overflow!